There's 162 games of the baseball season and winter comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for a baseball fan is finding a good way to watch it. Like maybe going to the park or watching on TV or just catching the highlights. Watching Donaldson strike out again or seeing Judge hit 62 bombs. Bang! Bogart's leaving town, Kike making plays or Kenley closing the door. Debating with your friends, making dumb bets, or complaining about the umps again. As you can tell, there's a whole lot of stuff to hear before winter comes again. Let's go, y'all. So chill with us, because Gamby and Beal are going to say it all. So chill with us, because Gamby and Beal are going to say it all. Man, Fred, Gamby and Beal made a podcast. Hello and welcome back to season two of the Yank Your Socks Off podcast, a podcast produced by two best friends who despise each other's baseball teams, but love each other anyways. We hope you enjoy. Thank you for tuning in now to the show. Hello and welcome back to the Yank Your Socks Off podcast. I'm a Yankees fan of this podcast uh, and uh, today is June 26th, and my name is Andrew Gambardella III. Joining me, as always, my best friend and co-host, Matthew David Beal, our Red Sox fan. Beal, how are you doing today? Fantastic. How are you, Gamby? I'm pretty good. Uh, when it comes to the NBA draft just happening this past uh, week on Thursday night, it, I, I wasn't too pleased with what the Bulls have done. They pretty much did nothing. They traded two future second round picks for a second rounder this year. Now I will be putting a sock in my mouth. If that player, uh, Julian Phillips ends up being a perennial all-star like a Draymond green or something, but I'm going to guess that he won't be because the Chicago bulls have been absolute garbage since Michael Jordan, uh, took off a bulls Jersey and hung it up in the rafters. Yeah. But That's... I'm sure your Nuggets did something better than the Bulls did in the drafts. Yeah, uh, that that sounds painful for for you as a Bulls fan. So I'm sorry. Um, I appreciate the Nuggets. It. The Nuggets. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I mean, it wasn't super eventful, but the Nuggets were a, a pretty exciting draft. Just because leading up to it, they made a trade during the finals, which is pretty unprecedented. I'm sure it's happened before, but I don't remember it happening. So they traded a future first rounder for two first rounders and like a second rounder. Really, really weird trade. But the Thunder were trying to get rid of picks. And so the Nuggets kind of got the great end of a trade because Thunder just had too many and I guess didn't have enough roster spots to pick for a couple of theirs this year. So the Nuggets ended up with the 29th pick, the 32nd pick, and the 39th pick, um, or the 40th pick, I think. But anyways, uh, I, I I like who we got. I, I mean, I can't say that like I am all that familiar with any of them uh, before the draft, but um, I'm currently looking for their names. I remember the first dude's name, Strother. Uh, oh, the kids from Gonzaga. Yes, from Gonzaga. Um, Julian Strother, that's his name. Um, so I like him a lot because I 
I'm a fan of shooters and apparently he is a very good knockdown shooter and uh, he's got some length. I think he's like six, seven or something. So um, I I think he's going to fit really well into our bench uh, who is needing a a wing player after Bruce Brown uh, hit free agency. And, you know, maybe he'll be back back next year, but uh, we'll see. And um, I, I definitely think it gives us some depth off the bench uh, and might give us a, a good two-way wing player uh, to look for in the future. Um, we also got Jalen Pickett. Uh, Ooh, Penn State. Okay. Yep, from Penn State. These, uh, both these guys played well in the guard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, senior guard. Senior uh, guard. We, we picked a bunch of, like, five-year seniors, Jalen Pickett being one of them. Um he he plays incredible defense. Uh, apparently, is a very natural passer. Uh, so he just, I think. So the article I was reading basically just said he brings a lot of grit, which is exactly what the Nuggets need, and it is what they have gone after in recent years. Obviously, uh, Christian Brown is it was a great example of that in the playoffs, and just being a constant energy and uh you know the ball finds uh the energy on the court and so i I think that's the best way i can describe uh jalen pickett or at least uh what i understand of his game um i'm not a huge college basketball uh watcher as you are gamby but I, i i like what i've seen i like the highlights that i've seen um unfortunately the 40th pick was used on a clemson tiger Oh, um, Hunter Tyson. Hunter Tyson is a six foot seven uh, forward or six foot eight, maybe forward, uh, who is just lights out from three. Uh, fifth year senior with Clemson. Um, I, honestly, I, I think the Nuggets here were going after just strictly three and D um, with Hunter Tyson. And, uh, you know, maybe he'll be good. He's a 23 year old prospect. So uh, they're expecting all these guys to be impacts, uh, you know, right away. Um, They, they're not projects by any means Uh, like, you know, Peyton Watson was uh, drafted last year uh, by the Nuggets and definitely more of a project, but I I feel like the Nuggets have gotten to a point where they're not really drafting for project, Uh, you know, like we've gone down the route with, uh, guys like MPJ and um, Bones at one point, RJ Hampton, uh, you know, I, I feel like we have exhausted the project mentality well, and it yeah. has definitely worked out in many ways. And I really like that we had the time to be able to do that while we were building a team. But now that obviously we're a champion caliber yeah. and championship team, um, you got to take, who is best available and who is most impactful right away. So um, I, I like the mindset going into this draft of just picking guys who will make an impact right away. And if they don't make an impact, then, you know, cut them loose and, uh, you know, turn them into a future pick or something like that. So I, I, I like where we're at right now. Um, I like the draft. I, I think we did everything that uh, a Nuggets fan would have expected um, in getting three upperclassmen players and all three and D uh, able players, um, including a guy who is a great playmaker who we kind of missed off the bench last year when uh, we let Bones Highland go. So 
Um, yeah, I, I, I like where we're at. I, I think it was a good draft, and we, we did what we needed to do. Okay. I, I agree with you. I mean, with a championship uh, the championship defending Denver Nuggets now, that I like how their front office is making championship um, window moves. Like, obviously, nothing is guaranteed in any professional sport. It's very difficult to win. Only one team wins, and – out of the 30 teams in the NBA, you have a one out of 30 chance when the season starts. And the Nuggets are putting themselves in the best position um, to do that by taking guys who are going to try to contribute right away and fitting into the timeline of guys like Nikola Jokic and, Ju- and Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., who are up and coming. And Porter Jr. himself is only, what, 23? He's younger than us. Yeah, I think he's 23 or 24 yeah yeah he's young he he, these guys fit right in julian strother made one of the big biggest shots of the tournament the game-winning shot to beat ucla um in the round of 16 um they ended up facing they ended up then going on to face uconn and uconn blew them out of the water but you know the huskies are just built different shout out to jordan jordan hawkins going to the pelicans andre jackson to the bucks and Sonogo, Adama Sonogo, undrafted, uh, probably our best player uh, for UConn. Actually, our best player on UConn, but because he's an undersized center, uh, he went undrafted. But he's a Chicago Bull on two-way contract. So that that I have to root for, um, a guy who I definitely know what he brings to the table, and I can't wait to see what he does in the pros, and hopefully we got an undrafted steal. But the Nuggets, yeah, I, I love what – I love these picks. I, I think I think at least one of these guys in year one will be a solid playoff contributor to them. Like yeah, like a Christian Braun did this year. Like he he will have one of these guys will have a game in the playoffs. They'll find a way to get in the rotation, whether it's just playing 10, 15 minutes, um, and they'll hit a big shot. And I think Strother especially, um, they the Nuggets moved up a couple times in the draft to this 29th pick just to get him. It looks like they coveted him and they got their guy. So uh, I would assume that they're, they're, they're confident in what he can bring to the table and they're going to try to give him minutes and give him a chance to earn a spot in the rotation. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to be the case. And uh, also I, you know, I I think that is exactly what you just said is very indicative of the nuggets. Just, seeing guy who they wanted and who fit into the system well and going and get him. Um, I think Jalen Pickett is also one of those guys. Um, he was outside of a lot of people's boards for the draft and uh, um, to pick him early second round um, was definitely a statement and some considered it to be a reach, but it, I don't know. It, maybe it's his description and I, I obviously have not seen him play a lot and I might just be grasping a little bit, but he he feels like a Monte Morris a little bit. And I think the Nuggets have missed Mm. that off the bench. Um, Obviously, Monte Morris being a great basketball player and proving what he could do. And obviously, he's not a bench player on most teams. So uh, the Nuggets had to let him go last year. Um, But I feel like they're still trying to fill the void that Monte Morris left. Um, the playmaking and defense mentality, like Monte developed as a shooter, but the two things that he had coming out of college was just 
always making the right play really quickly because he had um, the the longer experience in college and always just playing hard on defense. And um, Jalen Pickett makes me think a lot of Monte and having the uh, experience that Monte had and um, the playmaking ability that he had coming out of college. It, it feels like the Nuggets recognize they, they have a need for a passer off the bench. And um, Christian Brown, Brown definitely – helped um facilitate the the playmaking that we needed off the bench bruce brown was incredible last year as well but uh but obviously with bruce hitting free agency uh you need to get a guy who um can make the the right play and the right move and has that experience and i think Jalen pickett might be the guy yeah Jalen pickett if you haven't seen him play i've seen a lot of his game, they went on a deep run. They went all the way to the Big Ten final um, for as a 10 seed in that tournament this year. Um, and as a senior, he, he averaged, he was 18 points, seven and a half rebounds as a 6'3 guard, uh, like point guard, shooting guard, um, and six and a half assists. So he he's a guy that can do it all. Again, with the Nuggets throughout the entire playoffs, they dominated the glass on both ends of the floor. And this is another guy at his position. He is one of the best rebounders in the entire country in college. And I think that will um, will translate to the NBA just because of, of he's just willing to do all of the dirty work. I, I don't think he's going to be as vocal as, say, like a Marcus Smart. But I think he will do things for the team. And he's, he's kind of built like – like Mark Marcus Smart, like he's like for his size, like he is thick, you know, like he's stronger than his size presents itself, and he'll be able to to bang around down low to get those rebounds. So I I think that I like is a it. solid pick, um, and that's your yeah. little preview of what Jalen Pickett can bring to the table. He also throwback. He has a very good like back to the basket, like he can back you down as a guard and hit little fadeaways. Great, I love pump, it. Great pump fake as well. So, I, I've watched a lot of Jalen Pickett, um, and I I like the. I mean, he's a very good college player. I don't know with the how open the NBA is. I don't know how that is going to translate. But when it comes to to heart and and grit, I don't think there's anything you can't doubt Jalen Pickett for a second when it comes to that. So, um, that's that's all a part of a championship DNA is is making those. Um, making those hustle plays um, yeah, as, yeah. as seen by the entire Miami heat team that got to the finals and the nuggets too. Um, they were battling all and dominated the glass once again, but we're not talking about game sevens. We're not talking about the NBA anymore. It's there's a game three tonight. And that game three is the best of three of the college world series final. It is LSU, Florida, seven o'clock on ESPN. It's an all SEC final. The SEC, I mean, we, the, as South Carolina fans and alumni, we constantly, I mean, at least I do. I, I love seeing the SEC as a whole. If South Carolina is not going to succeed, I kind of like the entire SEC to succeed. So, I mean, when it comes to football and how dominant Bama and Georgia have been of recent, um, and Bama for, for a decade for, you know, a decade plus at this point in football, but now baseball, it's an all sec final. That's, I mean, that's a pretty good accomplishment in of itself, but to the games on the field, Beal, 
I watched Saturday night. Have you watched any of it? Uh, not a lot. I've well, yeah. watched, uh, I mean, bits and pieces, but, uh, but no, no, I, I really haven't. I, I'm definitely going to watch game three though. It is the last game of the college, um, college season. And it, it has been, honestly, I, Omaha is on my bucket list to go. And I've, I'm, Omaha, wait, Omaha. I'm, I'm waiting to go to Omaha until South Carolina makes it to Omaha. They had, they, they got close. They lost to Florida in the super regional. They were one step away. They were a best of three away from getting to the college world series. And because we lost to Florida, that's why that's part of the reason why I think Florida is going to win it all. I think they have the deepest team in the country, their lineup. I think the first six out of the first seven guys in their lineup, all bat above like, 320 which is insane and the guy who doesn't bats fifth and he has like over 20 dingers he just hits bombs as a lefty catcher so they have a very deep team now for LSU their top two guys their top two hitters and and their top four are solid like are, are very solid and and uh and very good but their top two their first guy Dylan Cruz is batting he has a 1200 OPS over 1200 OPS and I'm pretty sure he's batting nearly 400 on the season it's like 380 or something like that insane as a center fielder he's going to be a top pick in in this year's draft he's like top three pick or something like that and then the number two guy I I don't know if this is going to sway you at all to pick LSU tonight but the number two guy his nickname is Tommy Tanks and he hits Tommy Tanks. He hits bombs. He hit a walk off against Wake Forest in the semis to get LSU to the finals. And I, I don't in a close game. If this game's close, I would take LSU. But I don't think it's going to be close because Florida just won game two, twenty-four to four. I think they're going to do something similar tonight because although LSU has has their ace on the mound. And one of the best, probably the best pitcher in all of baseball, Paul, Paul Skeens, who in this tournament has only given up two earned runs, but he's about to have his third start in nine days. He is a one six nine ERA on the season. And if he gets over five Ks tonight, he will lead. He will lead college. He will lead all of NCAA history in strikeouts if he gets more than five Ks wow. tonight. Wow. I, I think it is going to be close. And I think Florida takes it takes, I don't know. I Florida does use bullpen uh, tonight. I think riding off of a 24 to four victory, they ride it high. And I think Florida takes it home today. And I'm really, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm really only saying this because South Carolina lost to them. And then I can make the argument that South Carolina is the second best team in the country. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Who's the home team tonight? Like, Ooh, and how do they determine that? I think it's a coin flip. I, okay. I want to say it's a coin flip. I know LSU was away in the first game, uh, which to me, but I mean, Florida's the higher seed. So to me, it would make sense for Florida to be the home team in game three as well. But I, I think... I think they just do a coin flip because I, I saw some weird things going on in the tournament where like 
one seed wake was like not the home team. Like, I, I think it's just a coin flip, honestly. Interesting. Um, I was asking because Tommy Tanks is probably going to hit a walk-off if LSU is the home team. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but if they're not the home team, then I've got Florida. Okay. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> yeah, 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 okay. So I, I like Tommy Tanks. You like Tommy Tanks? Yeah, I mean, I'm sold. He's got yeah, the name. LSU is the home team in game two. So, I I mean, you know what assumptions make, you know, an ass out of you and me. But uh, I'm going to assume that Florida is the home team tonight since they were in game one and LSU was home in game two. I would think it just goes to Florida in game three. But I've been wrong so many times before, you know. Uh, I'll we'll take s- Florida then. We'll see when I when I turn the game on tonight. I will my heart will be rooting for LSU because the kid who hit the go ahead home run on Saturday night to win four three in eleven innings, incredible game. But I you know what? I'm gonna go with LSU because Paul Skeens is him on the mound and Tommy Tanks is going to hit another tank. But Cade Belosu, Lewis, Louisiana native, is their five hitter. And he is just, I mean, he's just one of the most well-spoken, like humble kids I've seen after a post-game press conference where you just hit the game-winning home run in the 11th inning of the College World Series. He was just, it was like, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my teammates. I love this. I love this city. I love this, this team. I love this. I love this university. I, I, this, my dreams are all coming true. And we just need one more game. And it was like the most humble fit. Like he started getting choked up. And for that reason, and Cade Beloso, I will be rooting for LSU and I will be riding with LSU tonight. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm still with the Gators because it's hard to come back from the way you lose. Uh, yeah. By 20, 20 runs. So 24 to yeah. four is embarrassing. But yeah. Florida was stealing. I, I saw them. They stole. They stole a base. I think in the seventh inning, when they were already up, like I think it was like twenty to three. I don't. That's Ooh. one of the unwritten rules Ooh. of baseball. That's yeah, an unwritten that's rule to like. I know it's the College World Series final, and like if this was the World Series, you know, like it, this is dumb to talk about. Really, like you're in the heat of battle. Like you should still be like giving it your all. So, yeah. but one of the unwritten rules is you you don't bunt and you don't steal bases when you're up by a ton. And the game, but the game's really never over until the final outs recorded. So that's that's your that argument. Over. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, Beal. But you know, there there have been miracle comebacks before. So I don't yeah. think that it's going to be one of those. I think it's going to be a fight for every run scored um, today. Florida has a great pitching staff. LSU although on three days rest has arguably probably the best pitcher in the country in Paul Skeens. And he pitches with very good moxie. So uh, it will be fun to watch tonight and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but as for the, the major leagues, some of the, a lot of these kids will be playing in major leagues, but some of them will be playing their last game tonight. And uh, uh, that emotion and, and just playing for the team on the front of the Jersey uh, is, is something that you don't, you don't get to see a lot sometimes in the pros. Um, some teams uh, that come together better, like the Nuggets did this year in the NBA, uh, they're they're 
in it for one goal and they they don't re- just to you know bring home the championship the ultimate goal uh but a lot there you know there's some players in the league that are just you know they just they just want to get paid as as much as they can and that's okay because it is a business so uh but we're in the talk of major league baseball at this point and would you like to talk about your Red Sox and what they've done this past week and what they are going to do next week? Um, well, the Red Sox kind of sucked this past week. Um, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just flabbergasted. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm really not surprised, but it's just like. I mean, you just own the Yankees. Just, uh, and that every time I feel like you just have an emotional letdown as a team after you play the rep, rep, the Yankees and you beat up on us. Yeah. You're just riding a high. And I, I think it's just like, you know, it's the low after you reach your peak, you, you peak every time you play us. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that's fair to say. And like, you know, it, it's just, it's one of those seasons that's like you can get, really really high on wins and being up 5-1 against the Yankees in the season series but you experience the lowest of lows when you can't even get a series win against the Twins and you lose to the White Sox like it's just I don't know the worst possible week I could imagine um as far as like coming off a sweep against the Yankees having the Twins for four games and the White Sox for three, you would expect to win at least four, and we only won three. Like, it's just – I know three and four is not the end of the world, but, um, you know, winning the first two against the Twins uh, Monday and Tuesday, and then you lose the second two, and then you win the first one on Friday night against the White Sox off of an incredible Brian Bayo performance, and you lose the second two. It's like – you can never just finish it out. Like I just, I wish the Red Sox just, I I don't know. And and honestly, I I think this, um, you know, this podcast would have had a much different tone if they had just taken last night's game, but they didn't. And it's just, I don't know where we're, where we're at. And um, I, I think the Red Sox are, a mediocre team. I, I think that there's still a chance of us making the playoffs, but I'm, I'm more so focused on just, you know, getting better. Like I just, I want to find the guys that fit in the positions right now because clearly something isn't working. And I honestly, I just, I'm excited for two things. I'm excited for Trevor story coming back and playing baseball again. Um, and, you know, maybe that'll get us over this weird hump of mediocrity. Um, and I'm also excited for any call-ups that we have. Uh, Sedane Rafaela just got called up to AAA this past weekend. So um, I, I've been very high on him for a long time, and he's a very athletic center fielder. Uh, it, he could also play the middle infield. So, I, I mean, this is a guy who is just primed for – uh, the season we're having, it's not like we have much to lose. Um, it, he's still young. I, I think he's only 20. He's already 22 or 23, but um, 
I'm I'm excited to see guys like that play, and I, I have been happy that we've called up a couple uh, young pitchers from the AAA and got to see them play like Brandon Walter recently. But um, I, I don't know. I, I'm more so excited for the storylines and the prospects, and you know, people like Story coming back than I am for postseason baseball, which is sad to say at this point in the year. But it's kind of where I'm at. And I, I think the Red Sox are just mediocre. So, it, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we've got the Marlins and Blue Jays coming up this week. I think we're just going to stick with mediocrity and we're going to go three and three. Okay. Three and three it know. is. It's uh, just, it's painful to predict that. But again, that's kind of where we're at. Um, with the Yankees. They exceeded my expectations, which is what I love to see. Set them low, set my expectations low, and they will exceed them. And I, I think this Yankees team is just much better at home. Obviously, our ballpark is is a little small um, when it comes to, like, the corners and left and right field, and it's a hitter-friendly ballpark. And this Yankees team is built to play very well at home, and they did so this week against some very good teams and the Mariners and the Rangers, like very talented teams. The Mariners struggling this year a little bit, but the Rangers are leading uh, the AL West, a a very good division with the Astros and Angels playing good ball and the Mariners being in fourth. So to win both series, two out of three, taking them at home against Mariners and Yankees, I mean the Mariners and, and Rangers gives me hope. Even with the bad news coming out about Aaron Judge's toe, and him being out for a while. I think Harrison Bader being back this week on Tuesday just gave this team juice. I He has, every time he comes back from injury, he, he gives this team juice until he gets hurt again, and then they lose the juice. So I'm going to say he stays healthy tonight. I mean, this week and tonight, hopefully. Uh, hopefully I didn't, well, they don't play today, but that would be, I, I might've just mushed the hell out of Harrison Bader. But um, the Yankees go on the road. They go three games against the Athletics, the worst team in the league. So we'll find a way to lose that series. And then to the Cardinals, who to me are the most disappointing team in baseball. That's just like a little preview into our whole league-wide episode coming up. Um, and, and yeah, but that's neither here nor there. Two very bad teams. So the Yankees should go four and two. They should win both series two out of three, if not sweep one of them and then lose one series. So, yeah, they've built my – but they're away from home. So I'm going to go three and three. I'll knock them a game. There we go. I got to catch you, Beal. I got to catch you. I'm one off of the pace. Yeah, yeah, you got to be better. it, Um... It keeps coming down to that Sunday game every time. And whether I need them to win or lose to get get it right on the money, um, I'd rather always need them to win so I can, you know, I mean, because I'm going to root for them to win. Yes, But yesterday, a loss would have gave me, you know, the perfect prediction, but it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be. And I'm happy that it wasn't meant to be. Go Yanks. And Bader had the, the uh, game-winning hit. So there's my guy. But that leads us into what I was just bringing up. We, since July 4th is coming up, we are going to break down 
the rest of this episode into two parts. Um, in the second part, our NL, our National League breakdown of the MLB for the rest of the season outlook and divisional outlook will be episode two of this two-parter um, with us, obviously part one being the American League uh, and breaking down our whole outlook for how the season is going to unfold. Um, the second part will come out um, right before the July 4th week weekend. Obviously, we wish we wish everybody a happy July 4th and celebrating America's independence. Um, should be a great weekend spent with family and, and friends and and good food and, and good drinks too, right, Bill? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that. So we will not be having a, a recorded show next week, and we are going to record right now. Um, so please enjoy. We're going to start with the American League, Bill. And why not start with the division that is the best in baseball? and does include both of our teams that we just talked about with the Yankees and Red Sox. Uh, it is the American League East. Uh, what do you see ha- what, what do you see unfolding with this division in give me obviously the winner of the division and give me who do you think's going to play the worst ball and, and the worst team in the division. We'll go best and worst of each, each division. All right. I think the Rays are a lock for one. Okay. I, I just I agree with you I there. I agree yeah. with you there. I, I think they are a well coached team and somehow they just have incredible depth and their farm system never gets bad. Player development. That's, that's the thing. They have constant reinforcements. Yes. Injuries will never kill the race like they do for the Yankees and the Red Sox and Toronto recently. So like the Rays have founded this system that just works there's interchangeable pieces there's you know like just exactly like i said reinforcements all the time the rays are prime for the regular season they're always going to be one of the best teams to play 162 and i think they're going to finish out this season well um i actually and there's a lot of bias in here but I don't think the Red Sox are going to be the worst team in the AL East at the end of the year. Okay. I think the Blue Jays will be. Wow. The Blue Jays have been a very disappointing team already this year. Um, they've dealt with struggles throughout. Uh, they're just – Now, they're, we're saying they're disappointing, but they are 43-36 and 36 and would be leading both the AL and NL Central as it stands right now. So it, it's not yeah. – Yeah, it, it – they're only half a game behind the Yankees for Yeah, but they're also only three games above the Red Sox and they're in fourth place. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I I feel like I mean I, I guess very disappointing is a little bit harsh, but yes. they should be a team that is competing with Tampa Bay. That's that's who they were built to be. They were built to be a strong team in the AL East. Um, they've had a disappointing couple of years. Like, I, I mean, we've, we've seen that roster come together, obviously, um, you know, Springer, uh, being the lead in the outfield, Vladdy, uh, coming up, Bo Bichette, uh, both all-stars in the infield. Matt Chapman is having like some crazy MVP year. Uh, they have a, a rotation that going into this year was very coveted by other teams, um obviously you know you've got graveman at the forefront but guys like alec manoa 
um, Kikuchi, like they just haven't really uh, responded as well as a lot of um, Blue Jays fans had hoped. Um, I feel like for the Blue Jays, what is on the field right now and what they're doing is what you can expect the rest of the year. And, and yet maybe that puts them above 500, but I don't really think they're primed to be better. I think once Aaron judge comes back, the Yankees get significantly better. Um, they're honestly a different team with Aaron judge. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles seem very consistent. They also kind of have reinforcements like the Rays and, you know, don't really seem to, uh, be too reliant on one or two players and I again th- this is where the bias comes in and I'm always going to be an optimistic fan but the Red Sox are waiting now on Trevor Story and Chris Sale to come back and Chris Sale was incredible in the first half of the year him coming back to the rotation allows you to actually have a very good and above average rotation uh, considering how Bayo and Paxton and Whitlock have all pitched um, you have a true one through four, and then um, you kind of have your pick of the litter after that for five between Pavetta, Cutter, Crawford. Like these are guys that are capable of being a five in the rotation. Um, I, I think the Red Sox, uh, you know, assuming they get Chris Sale back, actually have a more steady rotation than the Blue Jays, uh, which is a crazy statement if you're telling me that three months ago. But I, I do think the Red Sox can get significantly better and will get better uh, in due time. And I, I don't see the Blue Jays really ending off much better than how they started. And honestly, for me, it's it's a little bit disappointing where they're at at this point in the year. Okay. I, I don't know. That's, right. that's where I'm, gonna I'm at. Di- I'm going to disagree with you with regards to – um, who's going to finish last? I think it's the Red Sox. They just have the least amount of talent. They yeah, have the least amount of talent. Wrong. That's it. And it there's no bias involved whatsoever. They just have the least amount of talent. End of story. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. the I mean for the team I at the say that, but at the that's disgraceful at the start of the year, <laughs> I thought the Orioles were going to be in last at the start of the year. Not going to lie about that. They have been one of the more surprising teams in baseball. Young and talented from top to bottom of that lineup and a pitching staff who they barely made any moves. And somehow this pitching staff is throwing up gems and the bullpen looks like one of the stronger bullpens in the league. So I, they are doing things right within that Baltimore organization. They didn't go out and spend much at all in free agency. Like people thought they were after they moved back the wall in left field and, and didn't sign a single pitcher. Uh, for for a substantial sh- sum of money, a big name pitcher, but they are they are more than holding serve right now, and one of the more surprising teams in the league. Now moving off from the East, we're gonna go to the West. We're gonna go to the other decent division in the American League, and we'll save the worst for last. The American League West right now is led by the Texas Rangers. I don't know about you, but with DeGrom done with Tommy John, I don't have a lot of faith in the Texas Rangers. But this is my surprise. I think there will be – no, I'm, I'm, this won't be a surprise. The Houston Astros are winning this division. They have the best team 
from top to bottom, the most talent. And that's really, and they just won the world series. I think there was some, you know, maybe to start the season, there's been a little world series hangover for them. And I think, I think the talent will shine of over the course of the, the coming weeks and, and through the out the end of the summer towards the end of the season. So I'm taking the Astros. Okay. And I, I, I think we can agree that the athletics will finish in last. I, I don't think we need to. Talk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we we don't, yeah. we don't really need to go there. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of sad for, for the, um, athletics, but you know, it is what it is. And when you're not investing money into them, they're not going to be a great team. And the ownership has paid for that multiple times. Uh, and unfortunately, the fan base has too. Uh, oh, big time. And 20 wins over 80 games has to show for that. Honestly, I thought they'd be worse at this point in the year, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's just me because 20 and 60 is a terrible record. But if you look at their lineup, like I couldn't name half of their lineup. Uh, I I had no idea who those people were at the beginning of the year uh, when we were going through lineups. But, um, yeah, Oakland will finish last. Uh, I I have another optimistic take. Uh, I think the Angels are going to finish first in this division. The Astros are super hot right now, but the Angels have made two pretty sneaky moves uh, to help bolster their offensive lineup. Um, by going out and getting Mike Moustakas, who is actually having a great year this year. Um, he's batting, I think, 280, I saw the other day. Uh, and they also went out and got Eduardo Escobar, I think. Um, I feel like I have to double-check yes. that. No, you're, you're right okay. about that. You're right, All right about that. Yeah. It, it didn't sound right off the tongue, but I was like, I know they got somebody. And they have Hunter Renfro, too. Excellent. Yeah, Red and yeah. Hunter Renfro, obviously, uh, you know, it is – uh, having a pretty solid year with and Angels. Brandon Drury. Wow. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they got they, a lot of solid veterans. They do. They do. They have a lot of experience. Um, this is a team that largely I feel like has been pretty young. Um, they've always tried to surround Mike Trout by like it, you know, going for other prospects. Uh, obviously, you know, they went out and get pool holes, which is, uh, um, or I, well, uh, Sorry, I take that back. Um, obviously, did have pool holes. Uh, that was long before Mike Trout. I was wanting to say Anthony Rendon, um, who kind of handcuffed uh, their salary a little bit. Um, I, maybe not even a little bit, a lot of bit. Um, yes. And <laughs> unfortunately forced the Angels to kind of go for younger players and kind of bank on guys that were unproven. Um I feel like the Angels have finally gotten over that hump and maybe it was just by Pujols moving on and retiring and obviously are still handcuffed by Rendon's salary. But um, they're finally able to get go out and get guys and pay guys a little bit more than they had in the past and maybe it's ownership just kind of loosening their grip on their wallets. But I I feel like the angels are finally in the mindset of, okay, we need veterans. How are we going to surround this team with veterans who have been in the playoffs and succeeded, Uh, especially a guy like Mike Moustakis. I think that's a huge move Um, regardless of what he can do on the field. 
uh, he's just a great guy to have in the clubhouse. And, and Eduardo Escobar has been um, around a lot recently as well and definitely provides a good veteran presence. So um, I, I think the Angels are making the right moves and it doesn't really feel like they're just going out and getting pieces because they want them. It feels like they are focusing on fit and recently have been successful in, uh, you know, developing a lineup and getting um, pitching rotation and developing players. And I mean, obviously Shohei came over to the States with a high praise already and was kind of already able to dictate what he was going to do on the field. But the Angels, you got to give them credit for the trust that they had in Shohei and it, their ability to recognize immediately that this guy was able to play uh, as both a hitter and a pitcher. And I, I think, obviously, the play speaks for itself. Um, but their ability to you know, take in a 24-year-old and say, this guy can do something that nobody else can do in the world um, or in the history of baseball, rather, is, is pretty impactful and it shows that they have a lot of trust in their players and they have a lot of trust in their system and the coaches around the team um and i think those are some of the highlights that the angels have had in recent years um and i really hope and think that this year is the year that they will get over that hump they're five uh sorry six games back right now so it's a pretty tall task but and again, in a division where they have to outlast the the Rangers and the Astros, who are both playing incredibly right now. But I think they can do it. And I am willing to put money on the fact that they will get in the playoffs. But I also think that they're going to lead uh, this division by the end of the year. Wow. Okay. I like that pick. And I like – I was kind of lazy with just picking the Astros, you know. They've just won the division for five straight years now, but, and I, I, I think it's going to be continued streak, obviously from my pick, but that was a great breakdown of an, of an angels roster that is very talented. And I would not be surprised if they, they are in the wild card this year, Uh, but moving over to the American league central division, another, another division, which, the team in last is just awful. I mean, the, the Royals are awful or are, are terrible. Yeah, they're so terrible. They're, yeah. they're the dumpster of this division. But everybody else is within six games of this division lead with the Twins winning the division right now with a 40 and 39 record. Guardians two back, 37 and 40. Tigers five and a half back, 33 and 43. And the White Sox, 34 and 45, six games back. I mean, that is just that is just terrible. I mean, it's yeah, that's terrible. But to me, this comes down again, like last year, to a twins guardians finish down the stretch. I think a White Sox team that has underperformed last year and starting to fall apart this year, a Tigers team that just doesn't have enough talent and to me, it it'll it's gonna be the Guardians. They have the best pitching staff. Uh, their closer, Emmanuel Classe, and and Karen Chuck. Uh, they have a very deep bullpen, one of the best in the league, and a lineup that's headed by Jose Ramirez is uh, is a pretty good lineup to put to put money behind to to win this division again. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't hate the pick. I'm pretty torn between the Guardians and the Twins as well. But I do think I'm going to go with the Twins. Um, I, I mean, this might be a lazy guess because they are in first place. Uh, and <laughs> none of these teams are going to run away with it. But something sticks out to me, and that's just the run differential between these teams. And the fact that the Twins own the only positive run differential in this division tells me that like it's just I I don't know it 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 tells me that they definitely have an edge at this point in the year while they're only two games up uh they've got a 50 run differential uh you know positive over that of the guardians and I just I feel like that's hard to come back from like you know it's just uh, like you said they have a good rotation but or they have a good, um, they they have great pitchers, but I just I, I feel like, you know, this is a team that on nights where they pitch well, they can't score runs, and I I feel like obviously run differential explains that pretty candidly, um, and doesn't tell the whole story, but it does you know tell bits and pieces of the story, and the team just I I don't know. It's not clicking like it did last year. Um, obviously, had a, a lot of guys step up to be able to um, make the playoffs and make the run they did last year. But Minnesota just has more proven players. I feel like um, definitely more injury-prone players. But it's just it's a lineup that scares me a little bit more than the Guardians right now. Fair enough. Yeah, and and with. Byron Buxton, Carlos Correa, and then rookie Royce Lewis, who's batting, he's batting 330 right now. So they they have a lot, they have a lot of pop and Max Kepler is having a a semi bounce back year after a bad year last year. Um, So they have some pop in that lineup. So yeah, not a, not a bad team to bet on to win that division. Um, Getting to the American league, um, American league wild card, the three teams, making it in the wild card other than these three division winners. Beal, you have the Angels, Rays, and Twins as the division winners. Who are your three wild card teams as of now? My three wild card teams are number one wild card position, the Boston Red Sox. (laughs) Number two wild card position, the Houston Astros, number okay. three, wild card position. Um. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on, I'm forgetting about a team. Scoot everybody down. Baltimore, then the Red Sox, then the Yankees. Wow, you just threw the Red Sox out of there. No, I said Baltimore, then the Red Sox, then the Yankees. Oh wow, no Astros in the playoffs whatsoever. Yeah, no, no, they're they're out. Okay, they get I like booted. it. I I think the Yankees are gonna make the playoffs through the wild card. Um, I I, I don't well. have a reasoning why the Astros aren't in it. They're probably gonna be in it. They're probably gonna be in it uh, instead, instead of, of the, the Red, Red Sox. Sox. Yes, but I'm never not gonna pick the Red Sox to make the playoffs. You could Fair ask enough. me two weeks out of the playoffs, we'll be ten games back, and I'll still say the Red Sox are gonna be in the playoffs. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a believer. 
and you're right. The Twins did just get Kenta Maeda back from the IL, so that is a, a good um, divisional pick yeah. to win now that um, that late late information has come in. But it's nice. Your wild card picks are are atrocious. The Red Sox will not sniff a wild card spot. I'm going with I'm going with the Astros to be. Oh no, I have the Astros winning their division. Pardon me. Pardon me. Pardon my French. I will go with the Orioles, just like you, um, in that number one wild card spot. I think they, I mean, they have a lot of young talent and they've been pretty healthy and I think they'll stay that way. And they're playing with a lot of, a lot of jubilance um, and enthusiasm this year. I, I, I know that kind of sounds like sarcastic in a way, but Really, they are a fun team to watch when you watch the Orioles play. When I've watched Orioles-Yankees games, I kind of, you know, I kind of find myself happy to watch the Orioles, like, run around the base. Like, honestly, sometimes I start rooting for, for the Orioles against – well, honestly, I, I root for the Orioles against every every other team in the division other than the Yankees. But That's fair. That's fair. They are uh, – they're pretty good. And I just went to Camden Yards to that – last year and i'll probably be back this year awesome stadium um and pretty decent fans so i uh i got nothing against the orioles in the number two slot i think you're right about the angels and i think i think we are wrong to write right off the rangers so i am not going to pick the yankees to make the playoffs mainly because i want things to change i there needs to be a change in some sort of management, front office, coach, whatever it is, personnel needs to be changed out to put this team in the right direction for the future so we can have a more well-balanced team and not just fall apart when Aaron Judge gets hurt. I think a torn ligament in his toe is going to be more of a problem than people are making it out to be, especially for how large of a man he is and how much he needs his feet to work properly to play baseball. And I'm going with the Rangers to take the five spot and the Angels to take the last spot in the wild card this year. Now, this is the break in our in our first show. So uh, we are breaking here before we get to the National League. Um, actually, I jumped I jumped ahead a little bit. Who will you have winning the American League pennant out of the Angels, Rays, Twins, Baltimore Orioles, Boston Red Sox, and New York Yankees, Beal? That's a great question. I'm not going to say the Red Sox. I'm not going to be biased to that extent. Okay. I'm going to say the Angels. Wow. You are taking – well, that would be great for them because this will probably be – the last season that Shohei Otani has an Angels jersey on and for him to make his first, him and Mike Trout to make their first World Series of appearance together and, and probably their last time being teammates, that would be that would be pretty awesome to see. It will be the last time being teammates if they don't make it to the ALCS. Okay, fair enough. I feel like yeah, that right. is... Because Shohei yeah. wants to compete at the top. So yeah. I would be shocked if he doesn't leave for like the Dodgers or something who can give him, I mean, he might be the first billion dollar player. I mean, he's so, he's so good. 
Watch him take like a minimum contract <laughs> just to play for the best team. That like that would be something. And that yeah. team, well, you know, the Yankees have been in a little bit of a drought, and we have the best history. So why not show? Hey, we'll run it. No, with you. no. Um, out of the Astros, Rays, Guardians, Baltimore Orioles, Rangers, and Angels, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Rays. I think it's been a couple years since they've been to the World Series. And they will have Glass now back um, and pretty healthy. And with Shea McClanahan as their their as their one two punch at the top, that's as good as any in the league. They have a great bullpen and a pretty star studded lineup with Randy Rosarina, Wander Franco, uh, and and more names to boot with guys batting over three hundred this year on that team. So I'm going with the Rays. Um, I would hate to see it, but I'm going with the Rays now. This concludes the podcast for today. Um, So as always, we love you all. Thank you for tuning in. Tune in for next week's July 4th episode. We will be breaking down the National League um, with predictions, uh, both for the World Series and each division and talking a little bit about every team like we did for the American League. We love you all. Enjoy your sunsets, your sunrises, uh, your brunches, your lunners. Um, And as always, uh, and Happy 4th of July. I mean, this is a little preemptive. I guess this is still a week and a half away. But anyways, enjoy your preparations for the 4th of July. Um, have a great weekend. And be will take us out. Um, go Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs>